0: Does that happen no. normally when you hang out with a
1: real celebrity like Bubba Wallace?
0: Hey, I always <laughs> say, dude, I'm, I'm his photographer when I'm out with him. Like, they're like, hey, Bubba. They're like, hey, who are you? I'm like, I'm just this PR guy. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
2: Hello, welcome to the Money Lap Podcast. I'm Parker Klugman, joined as always by Lanning Castle. And no, I haven't changed this intro yet, but this is an exciting one. Because our guest we have joined us today comes from a family steeped in racing tradition. Yet I think he broke the mold. In his first NASCAR start in an underfunded car, he finished seventh. And 11 years later, would go on to win the sport's biggest prize. It's none other than the 2023 NASCAR Cup Series champion, Ryan Blaney on the money lap, my man. Thank you very much for coming here. We appreciate it. I meant to say, yeah, I
0: meant, we appreciate
2: it. Yeah, well, I meant to say champion all drawn out like champion, but I I didn't do it. So it was still,
0: it was still plenty good for my standards. I mean, anything would have been.
2: Well, except you did get the biggest prize we have in the sport. But before we get into that, I do have a really important burning question that's been coming across my mind lately, and that is, do you think you have the most tattoos of any NASCAR Cup Series champion ever?
0: I yeah probably
2: yeah
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I lost count, but I, I haven't gotten any, any new ones in about three years. But I've gotten mm. out on it, but I, I still probably have like triple, quadruple the amount of uh, of the other champions. Yeah. Do
1: you, Do you plan on getting a champion tattoo like on your chest, right below where it goes underneath the suit? Like, no. Is there Is there gonna be any kind of NASCAR <laughs> champion tattoo
0: artwork or you know? It, I've, it's something I've actually thought about. Like, um, like. We won the Coke 600 and they had a really cool logo um, that used to be like the World 600. Mm -hmm. And I thought about getting that like, I have some on my leg. Like I wouldn't get it to where like you could see it easy, but maybe like a little logo there, maybe a little cup trophy on my leg. Something you can't see, but uh, maybe, I don't know yet. We'll see.
1: Something for the more intimate viewers. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
2: I just thought, I was like, there's got to be nobody who's that tatted up that's done this, which is awesome. And I think, you know, it speaks to your personality and what you're all about. But I have to say, you did accomplish getting the biggest prize. You are a champion. You get that little patch that Landon alluded to on your suit. Like, tell, what has it been like since you accomplished this thing of that we all Dream of doing, right? When you start this as a kid, you're like, I'm gonna be a champ. I'm gonna be the best there is.
0: You've done it. Yeah, I mean obviously it's something I uh you know, you think about it as a kid, right? Like, man, I want to be that, but you never like I never at least like pictured doing it. You know, like <laughs> it's always your goal, but you never like think about that and really until it's until it happens. Um gosh, I remember saying on the stage multiple times to people, they're like, Can you believe it? I'm like, No, I can't. I cannot <laughs> believe it. You know, it's just <laughs> things happen super quickly, and it's just, um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I wanted to do it as a kid, obviously, but uh, you never know when it's going to happen. I think that makes it more special, right? You don't know when it's going to happen until it finally does, and and then it makes you appreciate it even more, and then you think back on, like, when you're growing up racing, watching guys win championships, uh, you're like, man, I, I want to strive to be those people, you know, when I grew up, was growing up, you know, Jimmy, and Tony Stewart, and Jeff, you know, I wanted to be those guys and um, was really lucky uh, to be able to be with a group that gave me opportunities to, to do it and um, for that I'll, I'll you know always be always be grateful
1: you, you know you looking back on that year there's there were so many other drivers that maybe we could say it was their year right denny hamlin it's always denny hamlin's year <laughs> uh, you know william <laughs> byron had an incredible year um it, it and, and not to say that you don't go into every season, especially, you know, driving the car you're driving, thinking, okay, this is how am I going to win the championship this year? But I, it seemed like your championship was something of a, you know, a walk-off home runs in the last couple, uh, the last innings, right? You you just came to life those last six or eight weeks of the playoffs and and shoehorned yourself into championship contention. So what was that like? Like, what did it? for you emotionally to just come together all at once or or was that a culmination of your preparations
0: yeah i think you know i look back at our year and um you know i've heard people be like well blaney just had a really not a good year until like the final five weeks and it's like well i was leading points after like before the summer break you know like before Mm -hmm. sonoma i was leading points and uh, so we you know we had a good first half and we, then we just struggled for two, two and a half months in the summer, you know, and uh, just trying things. And, and a lot of stuff we were trying just wasn't working. And it took us a while to kind of weed through, okay, where do we need to continue to improve on obviously what we're doing now? And what we think is the right direction is obviously not. And that was really our whole company. And, um, hmm. you know, I think we learned from all those things that didn't work in the summer. And we could go another direction for when the playoffs started. And there was a lot of hard conversations. I mean, you know, you get to... August, late August, you know, early September, hey, the playoffs are creeping up. Like there was a lot of talks. Our team sit down and be like, Hey, we're not anywhere close good enough to compete for a championship. Like if we keep running like this, we're going to be out in round one, maybe make it to round two. Uh, but we got to find something. And we set a deadline, you know, at our company to, to Hey, we got to be better for these 10 weeks. And, and, you know, props to everybody. They met that deadline. And, um,
1: mm.
0: and I would say it was really full speed ahead when we won talladega like you know like we we ran okay in the first round um we ran okay at texas the first race of uh you know the round of 12 but i i sped and we got in a wreck and then we went to talladega you know really kind of needing to win and we did that and once that happened it was like all the confidence of the world and our group we showed up to the round of eight at vegas miami and martinsville and just absolutely was the best car for three weeks and then you know followed it up at phoenix and um so it was a lot of hard work you know these things don't just happen you know and i I don't take any credit for it i mean we just got better throughout the year i mean everyone worked hard to get where we needed to go and um you know when everything's kind of flowing when you feel like you're doing your job behind the wheel well when the cars can respond to what you can do like all that stuff just came together like at a perfect time and um just just a lot of hard work and uh yeah i mean i look back at I look back at 22, you know, I thought we had a overall better year in 22, even though like I didn't, I only won the all-star race, but we were way faster in 22 throughout the whole year. Like we were competing a lot more for wins and up front and 23 was definitely a harder, a harder year. We just peaked at a perfect time and, um, and continued to just build on, you know, what we yeah. were doing and learn from what we were doing that wasn't working. And, and it led to, you know, the championship. So.
1: Well, and you make it, you just said it, they peaked at the perfect time. It's, it's so, it just shows how timing is important for everything. Hey, hold on a second here. While we're talking to Ryan Blaney about Ryan Blaney, are you a Ryan Blaney enthusiast? Are you looking for Ryan Blaney quality diecast and apparel? Well, then look no further than SpoilerDieCast.com, one of the fastest growing companies in the industry. Let me tell you, Parker. And anybody else listening, I feel like I'm in a room by myself right now recording this, not as a transition from the rest of the podcast. Anyways, at SpoilerDicast.com, we pride ourselves on exceptional service. All their orders ship either same or next day, ensuring you get your hands on your favorite products in no time. And the best part, they offer free shipping on orders over $20. That's right. You can enjoy a smooth and affordable shipping experience with SpoilerDiecast. Dot .com even smoother than this transition uh, from the interview to this ad read. They have over 800 unique products currently in stock and I know that number's going up with the race season starting. spoilerdiecast.com boasts one of the largest inventories in the industry. They're NASCAR focused, but they also have a wide range of products, so IndyCar, F1, uh, dirt sprint cars, so there might be some other Blaney uh, stuff in there. Uh, I would imagine they are passionate race fans, constantly growing their offerings. <laughs> cater to all different forms of racing. Back to the show.
2: Hey, wait, real quick. There's also my own DieCast,
1: number 48 Big Machine Racing DieCast available there.
2: Go buy it, spoilerdiecast.com. All right, back to the show.
1: Well, and you make a, you just said it there, peaked at the perfect time. It's it's so, it just shows how timing is important for everything, especially now, you know, wins are so valuable that that probably makes that peaking even more important because you just have to win at the right time. So you mentioned, you know, you had hard conversations, right? You had you you had to get together as a team and look ahead three, four, five weeks, um, and say, "Okay, we've we've got to set deadlines for ourselves. We're just, we're going to set some new goals, restructure our, our strategy moving forward, so that we can get through the playoffs." What was your role in all that? Like, hey, we know where the team, the the engineers and the crew chiefs, they go on their projects, but but leaving those meetings, what was your role?
0: Yeah, I mean, my my role in those meetings and you know week in and week out is obviously right your role behind the wheel on the racetrack is important right doing the best you can getting every little ounce of speed out of your race car that you can get but then also you know when every ounce you can get is like a great day we would run you know seventh or eighth it, it kind of goes to all right you have to stay positive and like okay guys well, i think we're gaining on it but then also really pick out areas of like we are super weak here like as a driver like <laughs> hey, we can't get in the corner. That was a big thing. Like, we could not get in the corner as fast as other guys. Like, we just can't, hmm. we can't do it. I can't drive in five car lengths deeper like everybody else. How can we get that? Like, that is the first bit of speed. How can we get that? Okay, we found that. Now let's start working our way around the corner. All right, how can we do that? So it's like, my role was pinpointing the big issues where we needed to get better and where we focus. Like, it's easy just saying, hey, we need to be faster. Like, that's that's yep. kind of, okay, where do you work? If you're saying we just need to be faster. But like, if, But if you can, like... Pick out areas of the track that we really need to, you know, focus on. That was like my ba- main goal. Like, pick out a spot where we're the weakest. Let's go to work there, and then you so, can figure it out.
2: And to that point, you know, what I find fascinating is you know you are pinpointing that and pointing out. And I think for Lane and I, we always want to dive into the driving with drivers, right? And sort of how you approach driving. So, like, what is your process to identify? that issue? You're seeing it obviously on the racetrack, but are you looking at data? What is your process to prepare for each weekend? How do, you, how do you approach racing as a race car driver at this level and find those things out? Yeah, I mean, I think the easiest
0: way to figure out where you're getting beat is right, just during the race, right? Like, mm-hmm. okay, during the race, I got my butt kicked here in this area, all <laughs> race. Um, and then obviously, yeah, data. I mean, we have so much data nowadays too, like you can look at it through practice, but there's only so much you can do Like during the weekend, you know, in our cars now, you can't go change springs, right? Like, so you're kind of locked in. So you have to like prepare weeks out and uh, compare tracks. Like before we go to a mile and a half, three weeks out, we're like, all right, we really need to focus on this because we're super weak here. Let's think about, hey, how can we be good at Kansas getting into the corner fast? And I would we focused on that, you know, at Daytona, before Daytona, before the playoffs even started, like you're so, you know, two, three, four weeks out you would look at each track and be like, all right, we have to, I know where we need to, where, where we're going to struggle, just track history and, you know, mile and a half history or short track history. Like that's where we need to really put our main focus. So that starts weeks in advance. It's not just when you unload, you know, and, and go on the track. Cause then you're kind of too late. You're playing behind the eight ball at that point.
1: <laughs> the... What would you Oh, go ahead. Lynn. What would you say your, your, you as a driver, your trends are in your styles? Um, well, yeah, and they've. How, uh, what tracks does that lend to and what tracks doesn't it?
0: Yeah, my styles have, it's changed over the years. Um, like some of it has changed, others not. You kind of just redefine what you do. Like I've always been a heavy right foot driver. Like I drive, I just, I just have tons of throttle and that's what I've I hmm. always been like and it can get you in trouble in some places obviously. Um, and I drive with my hands a lot. So like a loose race car is great for me because I drive a lot with my hands. Like, I don't know, like, you ever seen Harvick's in-car? Yep. Like, he never stops moving his hands. Like, that's kind <laughs> of like that. Like, i have just always a sawer on the wheel. And, um, you know, but and that allows me to be freer, drive a looser race car, and it allowed me to be able to, hey, we got to free up, like, a big thing. We were so tight getting in the corner, like, the car just wouldn't turn, so we'd have to lift super early. So it's like, all right, I can stand to be probably freer than most getting in here and compromise this because I just drive with my hands a lot. Uh, I can hang on to it here. And if that's going to get a speed, I will deal with it. Like I can, I can do it. I can deal with it. Um, (laughs) And other things like you evolve too. Like, you know, you go to different racetracks. I tried to figure out how, okay, sometimes it's not good to be out of control, loose and sawing on the wheel the whole race. Like, all right, how can I evolve myself to drive a Tiger race car efficiently and fast? You know, so it's like just trying to change up your skill set too for what the track requires of you or what your car is doing at the same time like it, it's difficult and just you know it's 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 easy it's easier when your cars get a lot faster like ours did like okay mm-hmm. i can say like oh i changed my stuff up a lot you know we went faster like no you know our cars got really fast and that just made me look better <laughs> than, <laughs> like, you know, obviously like you can look like a superhero so um yeah. But yeah i think changing your driving style up too to kind of uh, mold yourself after what's needed and what your stuff's giving you is like super important i've tried to do that i've tried to like change up your mindset each week to figure out okay what's like the best way to approach this and if i have to change my style up too then then so be it i have to do that so yeah
2: how do you like how do you approach that and and do you have to like consciously think about it? I know personally one of the things I've had to work on is that short tracks changing my braking profile, right? I'm peaky. I, what makes me fast at road courses hurts me like every time getting in the corner at short track. So I've had to fit like consciously change the way I brake at those places. Is that sort of what you're talking about? And and how does that like when you go into a weekend being like, I know I have to change this, Is are you having to think about it? And do you do that in practice and then sort of see if you can mimic it in the race or how do you go through that?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, I feel like I've always tried to, you know, like we, everyone has SMT data now, right? So you can see every other driver's throttle, brake, steering, all that stuff on this little tablet. And I feel like if I am not consciously going into the weekend with like a certain style that I am thinking about, like, I can't just change it up from practice. Like, I can't look at my stuff in practice and be like, oh, that guy's doing that and he's faster. Let me just change this up for qualifying or the race. Like, mm. I I just mentally cannot do that. So I have to watch. I'll watch SMT the week of and be like, okay, this guy was doing this and it was really good. Let me go into this weekend fully committing to this is mm. how I'm going to drive the race car. And I'm not going to change it up. Like, I'm going to have my car change it up to where <laughs> I can drive it, to where I need to be this way of the throttle. Mm. Like, Homestead's a great example. Kyle Larson's amazing at Homestead. He gets in the corner super fast right up by the wall and he just touches the throttle really early, right, just like 10% throttle for a long time. And I went to Homestead like, okay, this is what I have to do. I'm entering right by the fence and I'm gonna just touch throttle and just like not get too aggressive with throttle. That's another thing like I talked about having a heavy right foot. I would always go back to the gas too hard, have to come back out of it and then I can finish the corner. So it's like, I had to put that in my head before I even got in the car before I even flew to Miami to where like, this is how you have to do it. And that's just how I've (laughs) mentally only been able to do these things. Like if I start driving one way and then try to switch, I can't, I can't do it. I love that.
1: It's such a good good mindset because it's like, it's it's like having a a purpose-driven mindset going into these races. And the most success I've had, I have very specific races I can think of in my career where I just executed a strategy, like you said, from day one you know going into uh, Martinsville and saying man I really think based on every all the data that I've looked at it's saying I, I need to beat everybody into the corner right I wanna bond, I wanna I wanna make time into the corner and I'm committed all my simulator work uh, you know talking to my team uh, whether I was on iRacing everything I did going into it to to accomplish that one goal and sort of saying to myself hey if that's the wrong strategy then I guess I'll pay the price from it for it at the racetrack but this is the strategy I'm pursuing and you know, and it, and you go to the track and you execute on it, and you have a great weekend. I mean, that's that's an incredible. That that is the right way to do it for every single race.
0: Um, yeah, it's, and some some guys can can switch it up like on the fly. You know, like some guys can just do that, and obviously you're adjusting like as the race goes on. You know, but like once you're
1: guys... in the race, yeah, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah.
0: So like, like, do you
2: see? There, do you see that changes it up?
0: Do you know like specifically? Like, like Kyle Busch can do it. Like mm. nothing like he could go make a run in practice, look at data in between runs and change up like, all right, now I'm going to drive like this because other guys are driving like this and do it like flawlessly right away. And it's like, dude, that's just the talent that like, <laughs> like, wow. like that, you know, certain guys are just so talented at doing that. And I just I've just never been able to do that efficiently. Well, I screwed up think... even worse than what I was before I started doing it. So <laughs> you, you made a really good
1: point, and then I'll, I'll get to another question that I have too. But you made a really good point that I think, you know, it has a lot to do with building your car around that that strategy. Though, you know, it's like, hey, if we're if we think that making time on entry at homestead running the running the fence is is going to be what builds the best car, then you're going to you know, work through simulator work and in practice to balance the car for that. Once you get in the race, you got what you got, right? So that's where I think that talent of being able to switch and and go, okay, that didn't work out. Now we got to change plans. That's, that's fine. I, I, I'm so I'm curious what going from, and I know it's been two years, but going from the old car, which we all grew up on the different tire to the next gen. It's the first time we've had a fundamental car and tire change in our careers right? We've just driven yep. these NASCAR style cars for so long. What have you had to, what, or what is the next gen need from you that's new, right? What, what have you had to start thinking about in your driving style to max my speed on this car that maybe you didn't have to think about as much with the old car?
0: Yeah. You know, like you said, we're, you know, we're two years into it and I feel like everyone had to really change up how they approached the weekends, um, from everyone. I mean, but I could just specifically speak on the driver's side, like, I think the biggest thing that I had to learn was, I talked about, I love loose race cars, love them. I can make speed with them. The old car, it had tons of side force in it, right? So you could lean on, you know, that side force a good bit, you know, and be able to slide the car around a ton and not get in trouble. This new car, and I think you saw it a lot, like the first two, three months that we had it in 22, a lot of guys were busting their butts because there's no side force in this new car. Right. Like you get yeah. to a yaw point, it's gone. It's like an Indy mm-hmm. car. Like when you start losing that downforce number, it's, it's going away. So you saw a lot of guys spinning out wrecking in practice, like just because it was totally different. So that's what I had to change up about me. And I did it a few times. Like you get loose, like I'm, I'm good. I'm good. And then you're done. Like where you thought you could have three times the amount of yaw than you actually could because just cause the old car was, was better with that. Um, so I've actually had to back off, like, hey, I can't drive these cars as free as I used to, just because the car won't take it, you know? And uh, <laughs> and I feel like the tire with this one, you know, the you know smaller sidewall and stiffer sidewall, like, it's it doesn't have as much kind of squish in the tire, right? Because that also went into it, like, you kind of would yaw it out, and the tire would kind of squish, and the side force would catch you, and the tire would do it. But now, like, the, the yaw angle with these things are just, it's not even close to what it is, so, like... Mm-hmm. Hey, I gotta figure out how to not drive this thing as, as loose as I used to because I'm going to bust my butt. And I did a <laughs> few times. And then it's like, all right, how do you learn from that? How do you back it off? And here's the limit. And that stay like five percent below the limit because if you get even close to it, you're you're in, in big big trouble.
2: Do you feel like you have the limit sort of figured out, or is it like you've said there at the end, it's now you just know to be below it? Like you or have you gotten that feel in these cars? And been like, I know when it's breaking away, or is it still so vague that you just have to you have to be that little percentage under what that limit
0: is, on the right rear? It's I feel like it's still
2: like I have a good idea of,
0: of it, but it's still pretty vague. Like hmm. you'll feel like you're okay still, and then it's just gone. Like you can go from eighty percent grip to zero really quick, and you you there's not very often you can drive it out of big moments anymore. You know, you used to see mm-hmm. guys like thirty degrees hung out big moment but you can straighten it back out these like you'll get either the loose and twitch and like over and correct back to the right or the thing just is absolutely gone so i feel like you understand the limit and it's track dependent right like a kansas is going to snap way quicker than like a miami you can still kind of slide the car around just because the tire's a little bit better um and not as hard but uh yeah i, I yep. personally have just tried to stay a couple percentages below that limit the oh crap moment uh, because it can it can be pretty bad.
2: <laughs> well, it worked for you really well at Martinsville and Phoenix last year. I just remember those two drives specifically. Martinsville, man, I was sitting there on pit road and I was like, "He has got them beat by a mile." And I, it might have been you might have been able to do the track uh, like a whole lap ahead of everyone or two. That was when you were like, that fast. That was like
0: the dream day. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> you know, you have those cars that are just like I can do anything I want whenever I yep. want, and it's always. You know you have a good race car when you're just riding around and you're like keeping pace with the fast <laughs> You're like, all right, I can, I can up this thing a little bit, and I'm gonna go past these guys whenever I want. So that was, a, that's a unicorn car right there, and it was fun to drive.
2: Yeah, they, that's when they're telling you to take care of it. And you're like, I can't go any slower. Like, yeah, this is, this, is, <laughs> like, this thing, I'm literally not driving, but it's still working for me. I just, I want to flip to 2024 now, and you know, just sort of looking ahead. You did the clash. You once you. You started off, I think, in one of the core ways, which is passing a whole bunch of cars. Like So sort of picked up where you left off last year. I know that's a weird track, and it's not really representative of anything we do going forward. But like, after the offseason of celebrating being a champ and all the things you've done, to get back in the car, first race, and it's like, bam, I just passed the whole field, basically. <laughs> I have to be like, like, yep, I still, we're going to pick off where we left off sort of feeling.
0: Yeah, it was, uh, you know, it didn't start off the way I imagined. I didn't expect to take a provisional. It was a good thing we won the championship last year to where we yeah. <laughs> um, But, yeah, I, gosh, I mean, we just passed almost everybody, you know, and um, that was nice. You're like, because I, you know, we, we celebrated, obviously, the championship. But, you know, I get, I enjoy time off until, like, January 1. And then it's like, all right, it's time to go back to work. Like, I'm ready to kind of get back going. I just want to, you know, do what I'm most comfortable with, and that is racing and getting in a schedule. But yeah, I mean coming from the back to third and having a good shot to win that thing um was was obviously a nice feel. Like, you know, hey, we're we're still here, like this thing we're we're still can run up front. It was nice driving through and um yeah, so that that was always that's always nice when you can go and start off the year, even though it's an exhibition race at a funky racetrack, to go have a good run to start yeah. off the new year. You're like, all right, this is this is nice to to know we still have the same same swagger as we had, you know, ending last year.
2: Where do you want the clash to go? What do you think? What do you think of that event, man? It's on yeah. everyone's mind. You're the champ. You got the biggest voice. What is, What is on your mind about what the clash should be or where it should go?
0: Yeah, that's been a big talking point. Um, you know, I thought it was. Hey, I thought it was great at the Coliseum for a few years. You know, it was something that was very out there. NASCAR took a chance with it a few years ago, um, and it, it worked, right? I think everyone really enjoyed it. The race is what it is, right? You're running around a football stadium. Like, you're gonna, it's gonna be bumper cars. All right, we get it. Um, if we had to change it up, like, I personally enjoyed the whole speed weeks aspect, you know, of Daytona. Like, you're there for from gosh, we used to be there Thursday to the next Sunday, you know, and you could even condense it down now to where you could just be there a whole week and still do the clash on the on the super speedway. But, you know, I don't think that's the best place. I personally have thought like you could still go to New Smyrna. So you're already down in Florida. It's a great little short track. It's got a good crowd following. Um, you could even do it, you know, with the late models and modifieds there that same weekend. Um, I think New Smyrna would be great. But I think, you're right, NASCAR wants to go to a big market, right? Like a crazy out there market like L.A. Uh, Chicago Street Course is another example. Like, I don't know where you could do it. So you got to find a big city to where you could plow a racetrack in the middle <laughs> of somewhere. And I don't know where you can do it. I, I a Coliseum is a unique one because it's bigger than your normal stadium um yeah. so you'd have to build uh, i i've heard talks like um there's a horse track in new york by like truest field no one of the stadiums up there and there's like a horse track mm. people are like well, well pave over the horse track and but i'm like <laughs> new york in february the first of february that's, <laughs> i don't know the weather's going to let you do that so hey, i'm good I doing anywhere just make
1: it unique I, you know because I would reason. say that we should do it. Uh, we should find a way to do it in Madison Square Garden, but you, they probably wouldn't even give you any credit that you were even there at the event.
0: No, they wouldn't. They wouldn't. That <laughs> was that was cold, man. That, was, that <laughs> was dirty on that one. I know. What was that about? I, I don't know, man. We, uh, we were sitting at the next game courtside with Netflix because we were, uh, promoting the new show and, um, awesome. Obviously, I mean, being at the garden is amazing. I was my second time there and it's a very historic place and, um, was a cool experience but yeah it, the, what made it worse was the uh photographer was like bubba ryan get in for a photo and we kind of leaned in for a picture and then the next morning i saw they just acted i got like my shoulder and i'm like <laughs> oh, man that was that's tough right there. Is that <laughs> hey, does that happen you know, normally <laughs> when you
1: hang out with a real celebrity like bubba wallace hey i always
0: <laughs> say dude I'm, I'm his photographer when i'm out with him like they're like hey bubba and they're like hey who are you i'm like i'm just this pr guy <laughs> <laughs> You're the Instagram boyfriend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wallace anyway. I uh, I get him drinks. That's that's, that's awesome.
2: What oh uh, God. what is has the been reception for the Netflix things? I watched it. I thought it was great. You know, seeing behind the scenes for you guys. What's that been like since it came out? I know, like when it was filming. Man, I bumped into those cameras and the boom mic every three feet on pit road because that was like for the people that don't see the outside, it would be like a camera, a boom mic. A producer, and they were in a pod that would just roam, following you guys all over yeah. the
0: place. Yeah, it was, um, gosh, I mean, I feel like everybody enjoyed it. Like the people I've talked to that have seen it, the response on social media, I think it's all been really positive. I haven't really seen too many negative things about it. And, and it was cool. I mean, it's, it's a cool little insight of the whole grueling 10 weeks, you know, of the playoffs and what goes into it and how emotions there are. You know, I mean, I don't think people see that a lot. Like, it's it's stressful times. You know, it's stressful yeah. for ten weeks and trying to put together ten good weeks and um yeah, they uh Darlington, the first playoff race last year, my uh tire the guy who catches my tires over the wall bowled over uh Netflix camera <laughs> guy because they were just in the way and this, guy like, I get this tire. I mean he bowled this guy over. And uh so it was a little different having him around, but they were honestly they were great. I mean they yeah. were really respectful of everybody, but also wanting to get into you know, what makes everybody tick and I, I tried to be as open as I could with them. I'm like, yeah, follow us around, you know, I think it's gonna be cool. And it just, you know, was a bonus that we ended up winning the championship when they were filming. So that was that do was even think, better.
1: Do you think, you know, we live in this world right now where authenticity is a premium, right? And transparency is a premium because these these future generations, these younger kids, they don't they're not just falling for things, right, on social media. They can see through BS yeah uh, pretty easily so it, it it to me it feels like for us as as a, a sports league and content creators like we're going to have to allow for more content like this behind the scenes and and we're going to have to be real for people to yeah. to want to watch our sport is that something you know for when you said like man it took some getting used to and you know I'm I'm you're undoubtedly probably had to pick and choose like uh i know that there's cameras rolling here and maybe i'm gonna share this conversation with my crew chief for later and i'll just <laughs> Is is that something that maybe we're just gonna have to adapt to something you think you could get good at um to where ultimately we have a made for netflix production
0: yeah you know that stuff's. it's it's a weird time right now you know like you said with with all the access that people can get now you know streaming mm-hmm all these things right behind the scenes like it's not enough to just put a product out there like right. whether, no matter what it is racing football basketball you can't or just open put ourselves up to everything yeah like you have to draw people in and drawing people in is like showing them behind the scenes and what it actually goes into it and what makes people tick and knowing these people for people and not just athletes that they see on tv um, and I think that's what draws people in more. It just it's it gets harder and harder to uh, like draw people in and make them watch. Like I feel like that's just getting so hard to do now. And um, you know, for kids too, like you have to have a draw. Like just just the product on TV is not enough to draw people mm-hmm. in. Like you need to have some another hook to kind of get people in. Yep. And I think this is what's doing that, right? You see everyone doing it, right? NFL did the quarterback. You know series yeah. um you know the the hard knocks has been around for a while but that was kind of like you know what that is they follow a the team around and kind of show the in and outs of their weeks and and what goes on on the sidelines and what they talk about personally um game strategy stuff so i feel like you have to do it i mean if you're not doing it yep. uh, you're not succeeding uh, as a as a organization so i think it's something that yeah everyone needs to get used to because i don't see it going away anytime soon it's just going to get more access people want more access
2: Hmm. Yeah. That's a great point. Do you you know it's it's said often that as a champion you kind of become a representative of the sport and you definitely did that in this off season going to things like the Knicks game although they they were so rude. Uh the today show that sort of stuff. What's your perception and of NASCAR out there? I know like we all know this NASCAR Netflix was to hopefully bring more eyes to the sport, right? We'd all know there's a little bit of work to be done to to bring it to new markets like in LA, like Chicago, but from what you experienced this off season and just in general, what do you feel like the reception of NASCAR is the perception and, and is it sort of turning with things like this that you're noticing?
0: I think it is turning in a positive way. Um, you know, NASCAR gets this, or it did for a long time. It gets this whole label on it. It's like, Oh, he just country Southern boys running around in circles, you know, and, um, that's just the stigma that it had Mm -hmm. for a long time and um and it's things like the netflix deal and all these access like it's showing that we're not all just like dumb rednecks like we're <laughs> not, <laughs> not, there's personality behind it there's a lot that goes into these things and and to make cars go around the racetrack it's it's a lot um of blood sweat and tears that go into it And i feel like once you show that people appreciate it you know and they just get a new perspective on things which i think is is good um now there is another side though to where You know sports and racing you know back in the day uh no matter what form of sport it was there was this like allure to it like no one knows anything about these people like that's Mm. what made i thought like that's what blew f1 up the way it did was because like no one knew these guys like you didn't see interviews with these guys no one knew what their life was like outside of what they saw on the tv like they were very uh sheltered off and like uh, no one knew about them and, um, mm. and it, honestly I would say F1 was the same way until like Drive to Survive came out and then it kind of opened up some doors of like oh okay we can actually talk to these guys and see their day to day stuff like uh, and I think has done a really good job of access but like there's a fine line of like you can't show too much access but you have to keep people interested too like mm. uh, uh, you know I'm rambling but I feel like there's a fine <laughs> line of like what makes us unique and cool? Like yep. there's some mystery behind it. You have to keep some mystery behind these things, but um, you have to balance that out. I feel like a little bit. The
2: the net, you know, the F1 deal was so funny. To your point, like 2019, 2017, they were talking about not having a single race here. They were, you know, it was just that unpopular, and you know that's what that Netflix thing did for them, and mm-hmm. it just blew up in so many respects, and they proved this model. But like, so what is for you? did you find like what's the right balance or do you think this is something we're just going to have to keep searching for? And like, you just got to do what you're comfortable with, which I feel like you're pretty out there in a lot of ways, your content being on the Netflix show and all that stuff. Is it, would you do it differently or is it, this is like, it's up to each individual.
0: Yeah. I think it's up to each individual, right? Like, and you saw it on the show, right? Like, like Denny gave tons of access to to the Netflix folks. Right. I mean, and he's in it a lot because he, You know he
2: loved it, by the way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, am opening up my doors completely. I am going to show you my shop, my home life, everything. You're going to follow me around for three days of the week. You know, and I think that's, right, everyone's different, right? I I, And I I told them, I was like, hey, my weeks aren't very entertaining. Like, my week is very, (laughs) like, I was like, if you want to film the real stuff, I'm like, you could watch me waking up and pouring coffee and, taking a dump and watching TV. Like, I don't know. Like that's every morning. I have that routine. Uh, so, like, um, I think it is, it's, right, everyone's independent on how they approach it. And some guys are super sheltered off and don't want to show anything, which is fine. And some guys are really open and want to show a ton, which is fine, too. It's just all all preference. Hmm. Yeah. Well,
2: I'm just, I'm. you got me, my wheels turning and all that. I, I think it, it is a fascinating time, and... It's going to be interesting to see, you know, where this goes. Would you want them to do this all season? Like, if this was, they came and you know, they said, "Hey, we're going to do all 38 weeks," or was it the ten, you know, the little before the playoffs and then the playoffs, the right amount?
0: Yeah, I think they did a good job of doing like the first one, just the playoffs. Well, they did Daytona, but like, and it was only five episodes. Like, they didn't do 10 episodes. They didn't do a race a week. I think that was mm-hmm. good. Um, going forward, if it gets picked up again, you know, yeah, maybe they do, you know, eight episodes, 10 episodes, you know, to where you can maybe it's not all season, but maybe like a month before the playoffs start, because then you're going to have guys that need a win to get in. The points battles is usually pretty tight to try to get the last spot. I think that would be good to highlight that too, because that's super stressful yeah. as well. Um, but I don't know if you need to do all year. You know, I, uh, I don't, that's, that's a lot. You know, too much <laughs> content. I, we keep talking about like everyone wants content, but if you kind of oversaturate it, people might lose interest, right? So mm-hmm. you have to have these things where they're very stressful situations. Um, like, you know, they wouldn't go follow, you know, the Lakers around in game 50 of the year, right? Like it's just <laughs> the middle of the year kind of thing. It's like, well, all right, well, this is there's no stakes, right? There's no mm-hmm. there stakes. And I think the playoffs bode well for high stakes because that's what they are so i think that's right and to
2: your point the good thing is there's not enough podcast out there so the money lap podcast is filling a big void out. you know that's that's (laughs) lacking for people that want this kind of content let's move some fun stuff man before we let you get going here i'm just thinking so you mentioned the f1 stuff are you an f1 fan were you a fan of that do you have a favorite team in f1
0: gosh i'm a i'm just a motorsports fan right i mean i love all forms of racing and um yeah f1 i'd say i'm a Gosh. Uh, like I love I've uh, Alonzo is like I love watching Alonzo. I love seeing his like success, you know, last year. Um that and, and my guy Lewis, man. I mean making the big jump a year <laughs> oh ahead. A year ahead, man. Uh, what was he thinking? Crazy. Gotta sell shirts, man. Gotta sell that <laughs> picture a year ahead. So, <laughs> uh yeah. So I, I love Alonzo. I love Lewis. And I'm excited to see his switch to Ferrari. I, I can't wait. That's gonna be just crazy uh seeing him in a red fire suit in a red car i mean that's just going to be so nuts and really exciting he, he fills that seat i'm, I'm we curious ta- that seat.
1: we talked about how on on our podcast how great like a, of a setup this is for lewis because you know best case scenario he brings ferrari world championship uh for the first time in a long time and that's you know a knockout for him worst case scenario he rides off to the sunset wearing red i mean how bad can that be yeah so, that's, what, that's what metal did you know it's yeah, not entirely bad either are you a fan when it comes to f1 are you a fan of you know just seeing greatness in real time when it comes to verstappen and red bull and just the unreal dominance and are you like would you be interested in in rooting for an f1 season where they won every race or are you like, I want to see someone dethrone them and the drama around that? Like, what, what can you appreciate as a
0: fan there? I, I appreciate the dominance of that group right now because that's, that's hard to do. I don't think people understand. I mean, that is so hard to do uh, to win. I mean, Red Bull won all but one race last year, right? right. I think right. Sines won the other one. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I mean, Max winning. Eighty-five percent of them. I mean, that's just ridiculous, right? So you have to appreciate that. Like, that's yeah, that's hard to not appreciate. Um, would I like to see a little bit more parity. Yeah, I mean, I think everyone would, right? You want to see, you know, s- you know, at least like six guys who have a shot week in and week out to win it, right? Like, and enough. I mean, I've been guilty of it. I wake up Sunday mornings and watch the F one races, and if Max gets away clean on the start, okay, he's gonna win, <laughs> like no drama, like so. Mm-hmm. But, honestly, though, the F1 year in 23, I thought second on back was, like, the best racing we've Incredible seen in a while. Racing. Like, it got overshadowed by Max's dominance, but, like, super great racing for second to, like, tenth. Yeah, I McLaren, thought was Ferrari,
1: awesome. Mercedes, like, all, they took their yeah. turns on the podium. Yeah. Absolutely.
2: It was really good. Really good. What's, uh, is there another form of racing you'd want to do? I saw you mentioned the Indy 500. Would you want to do, like, the Rolex 24? Obviously, RP's got the Porsches out there, although I think Joseph had to, had to work really hard to get a ride in one of those. Um, you know, is Lamar on your bucket list? I don't know. What's, what's out there that you'd want to do as well?
0: Yeah, I, um, yeah, I mean, I've always I've said, you know, doing the double would be something really neat, you know. Um, that's a cool staple to try to go uh, and compete for that. You know, not a lot of the guys have been able to do it. I'm um, you know, excited to watch Larson do it, you know, this year. I think he's going to do great. So, yeah, I mean, that one, obviously, I'd love to go run Daytona, uh, the 24 there, Um, in no matter what class, you know, just kind of to be a part of that race um, would be super historic. Um, I don't. Gosh, I'm just a stock car guy. I don't think I could get a prototype ride. Uh, so, <laughs> um, well, you got the new dark horse. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. You got the new, yeah, you got Ford's. Yeah, yeah. I could go so. the dark horse there uh, yeah. in, in the GT class. So, uh, but yeah, that, I mean, I, I, those are like the only realistic races. I would love to do, I'll tell you, I would love to be a part of Baja one year, like do the Baja 1000. Yeah. I've heard some cool stories about that. Um, I'm wearing my Bronco shirt. Ford has a new Bronco. Uh, that they're gonna be running there um you know this upcoming year, oh no kidding, and uh yeah, so they're super excited about that, so that would be cool to just be a part of like I've heard <laughs> wild stories about drivers who've done the Baja one thousand and it's just craziness uh for that whole time, so those are probably my top three, yeah you,
1: you know what that makes me think of actually that for drivers like ourselves that like not not to say that those drivers aren't taking those vehicles to the limit, right, but like we spend our whole career just focused on corner after corner, lap after lap. It would be fun to do some kind of race or event where it's just like the driving experience itself is something like it's not yeah. about restarts and three wide here <laughs> and pit stops. It's just the driving profile. experience. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. bringing profile. Like again, I'm sure that that stuff matters in Baja, but like, I don't know, just having my boy next to me running through the night in the middle of the desert,
0: That'd Sounds be awesome. Like fun. Hopefully, you don't put yeah. your papers up to where the to where everything is. Like, uh, uh, wait, where are we at? Uh, oh, no, yeah. Uh, yeah.
2: Left, right, four Titans. The, yeah. the rally drivers. With uh, the, rally, the uh, Parker, be, I
0: think
1: we just did that one.
0: That's true. We just. That's got to be the craziest. Be in the rally car, right, seater, Like ah. the navigator. Oh, that has to be more stressful than driving. Yeah,
1: I don't know if I could, I don't know if you can get me to do that. I can't read I, that. I, I would. First of all, not. I couldn't read that
2: fast, I'd throw up immediately. I yeah. feel like. Like, <laughs> just oh, yeah. car sick, like, first corner, be like, oh, nope, this is why am I doing this? And they do it for uh, two hours, yeah. sitting in there. I don't and understand how they do that.
0: Not being in control would make me weird about, too. Mm. Like, uh, you yeah. have, obviously, yeah. you have full faith in the guy sitting next to you that's driving this thing, but, like,
1: okay, <laughs>
0: alright. <laughs> Sharp, uh, 90 lefty right here, and you see him still yeah. going, like, a buck 20, you're like, uh... <laughs> 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 no. brake pedal in the thing.
2: oh my god oh yeah on the side the passenger side brake pedal that would be a nice one yeah. just pull, pull the e-brake here and be like i'm done stop mm. please don't let me do this uh man before we let you jump just looking ahead to the rest of this year what should we be paying attention to you guys got a new car uh for the four teams toyota brought a new car what's what's on your mind as to how you can back up and make it two for two in the nascar cup series
0: yeah, you know, we're excited about the new car, the new Dark Horse uh, Mustang, is uh, we're, we're really excited about that, and um, you know, seeing where that's at, we tested it at Phoenix, I thought it had good potential, um, we'll see where it's at, you know, obviously Daytona and Atlanta are one thing, you know, starting off the year, but kind of seeing where you get to at Vegas um, at the mile and a half, so it's really going to see where your program's at, um, the, the Toyota's going to be tough with their new car too, I think they made improvements as well, um, but yeah just see more I mean, the top of my list right now is trying to win the 500. I mean, that's easy to say, um, but I mean, we have a unique opportunity to do the the, the dream deal, right? Championship, yeah. then 500, right back to back. You know, that would be, that's the that's the ultimate mission. So um, trying to add more history and wins and championships to to RP, you know, and Roger, Roger's resume. Uh, that's like the biggest thing that we want to do right now. Uh, I just had a video call before I jumped on here and like, they were saying, well, you can't really buy Roger any gifts. So how do you repay Roger? <laughs> like well, winning races and being successful, like I That's, that's <laughs> the only thing you can do for him. Uh, so that's that's our goal, uh, continue that's to build cool. on the great year he had last year and how he started this year with the Rolex. Um, just trying to keep building on that.
2: I was going to say, the Indy 500 last year, you got the Rolex, you got the championship with you, you add in the Daytona 500. I mean, it's it could be all of it. It could be RPs, just. You know, taking over global motorsport, which would be insane, dude. (laughs) Thanks so much for joining us. This was awesome. We appreciate
0: it. A lot of fun. Appreciate it. See you, bud. See ya.
2: Thanks for listening to the Money Lap. As always, check out theMoneyLap.com for the best five minutes in motorsports, or sometimes just the coolest stuff in motorsports, delivered directly to your inbox three times a week. Check us out on YouTube. We're growing fast over there, and of course, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram. We're all over the internet. We're spreading. The word of how cool motorsports is. Check us out.